Good morning, everybody. Lee Brower here, and welcome to this week's edition of Meaningful Monday. I am grateful to be here, and I am glad to be here. Happy Labor Day. Labor Day has changed over the years, hasn't it? In fact, today, you're going to see probably people working overtime instead of having a day off America's work, instead of honoring America's workers for for and giving them a day off, we're actually probably going to see them working longer hours to satisfy America's buying needs. But I would like to focus on families today because today is a family day. A lot of families are getting together. Maybe it's after work or because they're not working today, but they're taking time to celebrate family together. Uh, there is a post, uh, what do you call it, a blog, written by Eric Barker that's called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. And I follow that occasionally. And I find his ability to consolidate great things that strengthen the family or happiness uh, has been has served me well. Um, you know, one of the things I kind of, I'm going to kind of consolidate several points that he has made on how, based upon actual studies, he's done a good job of consolidating and putting together information, so if you, information together. So if you would like to have six secret keys right now, if you take these keys that will actually make your family happier, listen carefully. I'm not going to go into them real deep, but I think you'll catch the spirit and the understanding of it. One is have dinner together. Now, that's a tradition. That's called tradition building. You've heard us at Empowered Wealth talk about the power of traditions and rituals. Well, the easiest one is to have dinner together. And University of Michigan has actually led a study of thousands of families to see what happens with children in those families that eat together. First of all, they do less drugs. They don't, get, they don't do drugs. They don't get pregnant. They don't commit suicide. They have less eating disorders. And uh, the study goes on to say that children spent eating meals at home have better academic behavior and they have less disciplinary problems. So one of the things that you can start with already, now I'm not going to say you're not going to have those problems, but there's less of them. So is to, to start developing that tradition, strengthening that tradition of having meals together. Coincident with that, you can carry on with number two. And number two is to capture and share family stories. Family history is extremely important to developing the character and the self-esteem of each member of the family. Once you work with that, it gives them a stronger sense of control, a stronger self-esteem. And when you tell stories that include not only the good things, but maybe some of the sketchy things, some of the obstacles that you face, and maybe some of the failures, maybe uncle, the old, uncle so-and-so went to jail. We'll talk about that, but no matter what happens in this family, no matter what happens in this family, nothing's going to pull us apart. Nobody's going to put a wedge between us and this family. Together, we're better. We always stick together. That's the message, and that gives that strength or that strong sense of control to family members. Number three, reduce stress. Now, I don't know when you say reduce stress, how do you reach out and reduce stress in a family? Well, first of all, Let's talk about the effect of stress within a family. Number one, that it weakens, the studies have shown over thousands of families, it weakens children's brains. It depletes their immune system, make, gives them a higher risk for obesity, mental illness, diabetes, allergies, and even tooth decay. A study was done with thousands of children where they asked them, if you could wave a magic wand, if you could make a wish for your parents, any wish you wanted, what would it be? Now, a lot, a lot of people thought that they would say, and perhaps you think that they might say, um, I would like my parents to spend more time with me. What they said was, number one, 
I would wish that my parents would have less stress and that they were less tired. How many times do we complain or show stress to our children? How many times do we show that we're tired? I'm going to say that this number three on this list is a complete um, proponent of gratitude and being in abundance and having that abundance mindset that no matter what the conditions are, we don't have to be grateful for them, but we can always show gratitude in them. And that'll be a huge stress reliever. Number four, be a part of a larger community. Now, specifically, the studies show being part of a religion. Not that the religion itself makes the difference in terms of binding a family, although it can, certainly, but it's developing friendship and connections within that religion. Not Facebook connections, but real person-to-person -person connections. And they say the magic number is 10. So develop that community and build those connections. Number five, I would recommend that you read a book called The Checklist Manifesto. The author's name is something like Atul uh, Gawande, Atul Gawande, something like that. But it's a great book. It's a great book for business. It's also a great book that can be applied to the family. A couple of hints. Making checklists for families gives them a sense of power. It empowers your children and empowers you. But the checklist must be specific. You know, and it can't be vague. They can't just say, I'm going to work out. Be specific. How are you going to work out? What are you going to do? And don't be afraid to put something down that you fail at. Don't get into a routine of putting the same items over and over again. That's called checklist fatigue. It's killed pilots. And so it strengthens and, and helps the family. And, and by you want to keep it in time and in the right space. Checklist for each day, no more than seven items. Checklist for each, you know, in each category, depending on what you're doing. Have the families get used to making checklists. It empowers and strengthens their brain. And then finally, empower the whole family. How do you empower the family, each member of the family, especially kids? Number one, kids do better when they have at least a say in things. They don't have to have complete charge, but they when they have a say. It actually strengthens their prefrontal cortex, which is that area of the mind which makes good leadership, good decision making. So if they can pick their own punishment... They're going to be more internally driven to avoid that. When you put it, then they're not going to be. Let your kids take a greater role in raising themselves. So quickly, what were the six things? Have dinner as often as you can. Around those dinners, start building family histories and sharing family histories and stories. Number three, reduce their stress by staying in abundance, by being able to be in gratitude no matter what the circumstances are. Number four, be a part of a larger community. Maybe it's a religious community, but make sure you're a part of that community and you're making connections for your children and friends to have in that community. Number five, use checklists. Use checklists appropriately. Number six, empower the whole family. Let your kids take a greater role in raising themselves. I hope this is helpful to you on this Labor Day, which has really become a family day. Have a very meaningful week. Thank you for spending time with me. I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye-bye.